Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Lance's House of Sports. Don't forget to rate the podcast, share it with a friend, and tune in weekly for weekly podcasts. And we're live, ladies and gentlemen, we're live! We're back for another episode of Lance's House of Sports, and this is probably my favorite episode that we got yet. I've been waiting for this all year long. Ever since we started this podcast, and it finally is here. It's finally here. My boys are in the playoffs. The rest of the boys are in the playoffs. It seems like everything's been falling into place perfectly, just like all underdog stories want it in the beginning of this playoffs. So let's tell you the script as we know it so far. Rounding it back to when we've had our last podcast, we were talking about the playing games, talking about the 9-10 games, seeing which teams could find a way to win and potentially keep uh, winning to compete in the playoffs. The first game, it was the Bulls and the Raptors in the Eastern Conference. It was the Bulls that were able to pull it out, get the victory, beat the Raptors. Shout out to Mar DeRozan and Zach Levine. Absolutely dominant in that game. But all for that, just for them to play in the uh, seven verse eight against the nine, the winner of the nine ten game, so to speak. And that was the Miami Heat versus Chicago Bulls. And they fell short against the Miami Heat. The Miami Heat stepped up big time, almost as if they were uh, avoiding my C's in the first round, Ben. I mean, I haven't introduced you yet, but I'm just saying that's what I was thinking about when they, they played. Here. When they, yeah, they know you're here. They know you're here. <laughs> <laughs> when they were playing uh, so poor in that 7-8 matchup, it's almost as if they were avoiding my boys. Maybe they, uh, uh, you know, are a little nervous, you know, thinking about uh, last year in the Eastern Conference Finals. I don't know. I don't know. But the Heat. You know, they got it done. They moved on in eight seed against the Bucks. Going back to the other side, 9-10 game. That was the New Orleans Pelicans and the Oklahoma City Thunder. I called that. We called that game, didn't we, Ben? We called that game. Thunder. Oklahoma City Thunder pulled it off. They played a fantastic game led by Shea Gilgis-Alexander and Josh Giddy, especially. Um, but Lou Dort and company, they played a fantastic game from start to finish all around um, as a team. But again, it seems like it's the same script. Um, the winner of that 9-10 game, the Thunder specifically, uh, they were not able to pull it off in the second matchup. They had to win to advance the playoffs as they lost to the Minnesota Timberwolves, and the Timberwolves put a, a beating on them. them. It's almost <laughs> as if they were playing with something to prove after uh, having that tough loss in the 7-8 matchup against the Lakers. But I don't know. They, they were mad at somebody in that game because they, they put it to them. They mm. put it to them. And now that leads us to where we are. I mean, we're uh, in some series one game and some series two games. We are right in the middle of the first round of the NBA playoffs. And this is probably the happiest I've been in months. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. It's finally here. And now this is where I'm going to introduce my co-host, Ben Gabriel. Ben, welcome to the show. Thank you. We got a lot Thank to talk you. about today. I'm very curious to hear what you got to say with a lot of these series but here's how we're doing the show today. Name of the game, Wheel Spinner. I don't know how else to say it, but that's how we're going to get through the show today. As you guys know, for you guys that watch the NBA playoffs, I'm assuming that's why you guys are listening. There's eight playoff series going on in the first round, 16 total teams going on in the playoffs, and we're going to try and talk about every single one of these teams and every single one of these games going on during this podcast. So we got a little Wheel Spinner. You know, why not? Just to pick for us, you know, who we're going to talk about in Give what an particular example. order. What's on the spinner? Let's, let's, is it time to spin the wheel? Let's spin the wheel to see the first series we are going to be talking about in these playoffs. 
I feel like I should have the noise on. I got it. I got it on. I think I'm going to add it for the second spin. First spin. Kings versus Warriors. I feel like that lies right in the spot of what Ben wants to talk about on this podcast today. It's the bean. (laughs) Three seed Kings, six seed defending champs, Golden State Warriors. A lot of people were picking the Warriors right out the gate in this series, even though they were the higher seed. The Kings have been heavy, heavy underdogs. But with two games gone in this series already, both being played in Sacramento, the Kings are up 2-0 to zero on the Golden State Warriors so far in the playoffs. This is the first time in the Steve Kerr era, and the first time since 2008, that the Warriors are down 2-0 in a playoff series. With that being said, I mean, we can talk about the first two games so far, but I think the name in the script for the Warriors is too many turnovers. That's the biggest thing that looks at me. In the first game of the playoff series... They had 22 turnovers. In game two. In game two, yeah. And, I mean, in game one of the playoff series, it was, it was almost as if it was the Sacramento Kings kind of scraping by on that Warriors team. I mean, it was a back-and-forth, offensive juggernaut-type game. Steph Curry had 30 in game one, but it was De'Aaron Fox and Malik Monk, the Kentucky boys, that were able to come out with a dynamic duo-type performance. And they were able to scrape by, beating the Warriors by just three points, 126 to 123. Darren Fox had 38 points. Malik Monk had 32 points, uh, both shooting a tremendous percentage and getting to the line at an elite rate to lead them to a game one win. But then it was game two to where it seemed as if the Kings kind of put another level on the pedal. I feel like I'm struggling with what I'm Switched trying to gears. say, but they they stepped up another gear and kind of, I feel like, game planned even in a different way with the type of offense and defense they were running on the Golden State Warriors. I mean, they were, they were pressuring the heck out of Steph Curry. I mean, they were giving him hell all game long, and it was a factor, and everyone can see it. And at the end of the first quarter, both teams had nine turnovers. The reporter just happened to grab Steve Kerr, at the end of the first quarter to ask him about the turnover situation. He said it wasn't a problem. And I don't know if he still believes that. And I don't know if he regrets what he said when he said that. Warriors finished with 20 turnovers in the game last night. While shooting at a higher percentage than the Kings, they fell to the Kings 114 to 106. The Warriors, like I said before, in an 0-2 hole for the first time in the Steve Kerr era. Is this something the Warriors need to be worried about? Should they be worried of the beam team? Oh, yeah. They have to go 2-0 and at home or they're going to lose 4-1. I mean, the big picture is they got to win four of their next five. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's a it's lot tough, when you yeah. think about it. It's a lot of games. I just think those, I think those young guys in Sacramento got too much energy for those old heads in Golden See, State. I mean, it's crazy that like a lot of people, like, yes, this is a young team, but I mean, they do have a veteran presence. An NBA champion, Harrison Barnes. Harrison Barnes. I mean, maybe it's under the radar, and he played good last night. Maybe people don't realize it. He he dunked on Clay Thompson not just once but twice in that game, and both times it erupted the crowd as if they hit a game-winning shot um, in Game Seven of the playoffs. It was unreal how much of a sixth man that Sacramento Kings crowd is, and I feel like that's that's part of the reason as to why the Warriors are struggling so much offensively taking care of the ball. I think just you know, they haven't been in an environment like that all season long, and they've already struggled on the road. Um, they're one of the worst road teams in all of the NBA. 
as I want to say, they only won 11 road games all year long. Um, looking at it right now, 11 and 30 on the road this season. That's a fourth worst in all of the NBA. That's, I mean, I feel like we talked about that last week. How that would we knew this coming in that the Warriors were going to be a big problem on on the road compared to playing at home. And with that being said, you said talking about this game, they really need to be worried about this Kings team. I think people need to slow the roll a little bit because, like, a lot of people always say a playoff series doesn't start until a road team has won. And that hasn't happened yet. And I fully expect um, when they turn around and move over to Golden State for a game three that they are going to come out a completely different team, fixing up their turnovers, and they're going to be hitting shots at a completely different rate that they've been struggling to do these first two games. Um, So, yes, there's a long way to go. The Kings look like big-time favorites now. But I just think people need to slow their roll a little bit. I think the Warriors still got a whole lot of playing left to do. Five games left in this series. And I said it last week on the podcast, all they have to do is win one road game. And it didn't mean it was going to come in the first two games. It could be a game five. It could be a game seven. But all they have to do is take care of the work at home, and then they got to steal one road game in the beam. And maybe that's too much to ask for because that crowd has been insane. I actually think it is. So I think the Kings have a better chance of winning in Golden State than Golden State does winning. So in that that's what a lot of people are saying too, because the Kings have one of the best. They're one of the best road teams in the NBA. They're better on the road than they are at home. If you look at the records, I mean, twenty five and sixteen on the road, twenty three and eighteen at home. At the same time, I still think it's the playoffs, and I feel like you know, I feel like the Warriors' offensive power is going to overpower the Kings. I guess, offensive power as well. I mean, it's power against power when you think about it when it comes to game three and game four. And maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's just not the Warriors' time this season. I mean, have you seen the history stats of defending champions going down 0-2 in a playoff series? Uh, they've never won. Yeah. Um, three of the four were swept. So, I mean, history's not on the Warriors' side, but I'm still someone to believe that this series is just getting started. And it's going to be a hell of a series. I think it's going six or seven without a doubt. I don't see the Kings dominating this series in five games. I just don't think that happens. Um, I think we got to give a little bit more credit to the Warriors. And, you know, we got to we got to see what adjustments Steve Kerr's make. I mean, give credit to the future better-be coach of the year, Mike Brown. Former team. He was the assistant on that team a while back. He knows a whole lot about him. And he's been coaching his ass off. You got to give him credit. You think the Warriors would have won last night if Draymond Green didn't get ejected? Mm, no, I don't either. I don't think it would have. I mean, it definitely seemed like it made a big change in how the game was being uh, dictated. Nobody could guard the bonus because come on, Looney already had like five fouls in the third quarter. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, Sabonis had a much better game in Game Two than he did in Game One. Eight for twelve. Eight for twelve from the field, as he was, I want to say, under forty percent in Game One. Yeah. 24 points, 9 rebounds, 4 assists. Darren Fox also had 24. Malik Monk still played a solid game with the 18. I mean, this is just a well-rounded team. Yeah. I mean... I love Davion Mitchell guarding Steph Curry. Yeah. I love watching He's a workhorse. He is. I mean, you can tell they're trying to get fresh legs on Steph Curry at all times. Whenever and they, they gotta. There's so many different guys are guarding him. Like, one possession will be Darren Fox. One possession will be Davion Mitchell. One and possession I, will be Malik Monk. It's just... And that's smart, in my opinion. Yeah, keep him... You gotta you gotta do everything you can. One guy follows Steph the whole game, he's gonna he won't be able to play that many minutes. He's gonna be too tired. Yeah, no, I agree completely. But 
I don't think the Warriors need to worry about the rebounding as much as some people think. I feel like they're fine on that aspect. They just got to slow it down on the turnovers. And that was a big factor last year in the finals for my for my C's as it was the Warriors that were speeding up the Celtics a little too much and it ended up costing them the series. So it's a little interesting here if this is what ends up hurting the Warriors this time around. The same exact thing. but I mean, watching the game last night, I feel like they just they need to get into the paint more. Like every time Steph Curry had the ball and he went to the paint, it was an easy layup. He was just blowing by guys. I feel like they make it hard on themselves by trying to shoot too many threes. I mean, if there's going to be any series to where you're telling teams it's going to be hard to play defense, it's this one series. I mean, it's the one and the two most dominant offenses all season long going up against each other in the first round. It's going to be a hellfire in this series for these guys. I mean, we saw in last game with Sabonis and Draymond Green going after it all game long. Sabonis got banged up in that game. I mean, I know I was clowning him a little bit for his – excessive emphasism for when he got stepped on by Draymond. Now, I'm not saying what Draymond did is okay, because obviously it's not okay. But he was definitely trying to sell it a little bit. And he did his job. He got him kicked out of the game. But it's playoff basketball. It's playoff basketball. I like, exactly. watching, I, I like watching the interview with Sabonis, though. He asked him, like, any animosity towards Draymond Green. He said, no, no like, it's, it's, the play, it's playoff basketball. Yeah. It's, you move on. Yeah, no, I, I loved his attitude yeah. during it. At first, it was like, all right, you're being a little mellow. Like, you can yeah. answer a question. But then it was almost like she was trying to get something out of him. Like, yeah. nah, and he's not going to do that. And I loved that poise from him just in that moment. But So I think when we're finishing talking about this series, I don't know exactly how long this series is going to go till because, I mean, obviously, seven-game series, it can go four through seven. Game seven set for April 30th. So we have, who knows, maybe another week and a half of this series. Game three is on Thursday, April 20th. Game four is on Sunday, April 23rd. And then if it's not a four-game sweep, I mean, we'll be talking about them next week on the podcast as well as game five set for uh, Wednesday of next week. So, I mean, I'm expecting a big update come next week when we talk about this series again, but I think I'm still taking the Warriors as of now. I know it's crazy to say, but I don't think I'm stepping off it yet. It's crazy take. <laughs> Why is that a crazy take? Just it's a, only two games in the series. You know how often I've seen a team go down 2-0 and win a series 4-2? I agree. If they if they win. Let's say they win both games at home, which right. is, let's be honest, most likely. And then they go back for game when five they play and it's 2-2. And it, Thursday? It's a completely different series. Yeah, they play Thursday and then they got three days off and they play I Sunday, mean, if Golden Sunday. State wins both games at home, it's back to 2-2. But And then it's a best of three. I just can't see the Warriors winning a game in Sacramento. Five, like five, and that's going to be the big dictator. It really is, and maybe it goes that comes down to game seven. But I don't think they win. I don't think it's going to be two two. I want I want to hop off the wagon and hop on the Kings with you because I mean I've bet on Kings the first two games. I'm I'm two and zero <laughs> picking that series. But I mean it's just looking at the lines and looking at what the public is doing and all that. But at the end of the day, I'm still I'm taking the Warriors in game three. I'm taking the Warriors in game four. Game five will be interesting. I'm taking the Warriors at home in game six if it gets there. And then come game seven, I mean, if I'm still riding with my boys, I'm taking them in game seven. I just... Your boys? I'm riding with the <laughs> boys. I hate... I, Your boys? Don't, 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 don't. Actually, I appreciate you for catching me because I can't even be saying it like just that. Just disrespected your the boys. so hard. Shut, shut up. Shut up. I'm, I'm trying not to get upset. I'm, I'm trying not to. I apologize. You know what I meant. The boys that I am putting my money towards. <laughs> Regardless, it's going to be a hell of a series. I got. I think it's going to end in five. It's going to be four. In one. five games. Gentlemen sweep. That's going to be bizarre to me if that happens. Sacramento's like that. They, they are. They've been playing great good. defense on their shooters. They've been forcing them off the three point line. 
it's working. Yeah, but people don't realize how different of a team the Warriors are at home. I agree, hundred percent. People and we've been talking about this all year long, how it's going to affect them. And now we are two games in. They've had two road games, and I don't think they've uh, struggled. I don't and think now they're going to head to home, and they're going to turn the switch. I don't think. I don't think you understand how good the Kings are on the road. I understand they're good, but it's basically it's a two game differential from their home versus the road. Like it's not insanely good. It's good. I think they're going to go up two one, and then the Kings are going to win. The next game, it's like, going to be three one, and then they're going back to Sacramento. You know, they're lighting the beam. You know for who game else five. is insane on the road? Milwaukee, Boston, Philadelphia. Like they all have the same road record as these guys, except or as the Kings, the except they have a better. higher overall record because they're better at home too. Well, the East, just better teams, teams are just the best teams in the league. East is, I think it's watching the East playoff series so far in the West. I think the East teams look substantially better than the teams in the West. I wouldn't say substantially, but I would say better like without that. a doubt because these first, I mean. We're not there yet, and we're going to get there eventually with that one seed. But, yeah, Philly and Boston look good right now. Philly looks really good. But it's really early. But I mean, that first half, they were down at halftime. Yeah, they, they, were, were, they were down 10 double James. digits at one point early on. And guess what? Tyrese Maxey, 33 points. Got up down for him. Yeah. How about him? But we got to spin the wheel first before we All talk right. about that game. Let's, let's spin the wheel. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Y'all going to hear it. Spin number two. And all right, that's exciting. <laughs> Let's mute that. Uh, the sound was exciting. I wouldn't say uh, this series that we're talking about is as exciting. It's one seed Nuggets versus eight Timberwolves. And as we were saying, going into the playoffs, the Timberwolves dominated the the eight versus nine playing game, killing the Thunder, blowing them out of the water. Um, but it was just Nuggets doing what the Timberwolves did to the Thunder. I mean, they spanked them in game one. And it was, I mean, an exciting one to watch for about 15 minutes, 10, 15 minutes, I'd say. Nuggets won that one, and it wasn't even fairly close. I mean, after the first quarter, it was a tight game, Nuggets only being up by three. But it was really the second half, and mainly the second and third quarter, to where the Nuggets just put a beating on the Minnesota Timberwolves, um, winning game one, 109-80. to doing it in dominant fashion, winning in every single category except for blocks, dominating them on the rebound, shooting a fantastic percentage from three, Denver was, as well as, I mean, they took nine more shots than them, six more offensive rebounds. I mean, they were just doing everything right. And then, I mean, it was it was their boy, Nikola Jokic. I, I mean, yeah, he only had 13 points, but I still, I mean, leading the charge, 13 points, 14 rebounds, six assists. He was He was doing what he was brought there to do, and that was – you know, be a leader, and he's been doing it well. Jamal Murray was the one that led the charge. MPJ played a very solid game, shooting lights out from three. Aaron Gordon and Contavious Caldwell-Pope both had double figures. Their whole starting lineup was in double figures. Um, their sixth man, Bruce Brown, was in double figures. I mean, it's still super early in the series, and granted, a lot of the players on the Timberwolves were struggling in game one. But is this a, is this a series where we see a sweep coming? We see a gentleman sweep coming? No, not even. They're just going to doom Durr 4 0. It's I not th- even going to be close. I think I agree with you. I think it's going to be a tough four, though. I think there's going to be a game or two there where it's in Minnesota, where Minnesota gives them a tough fight, at least one. Yeah, I um, think the Sixer series is going to be 4 0. Come on, man. We're not there yet. Come on. Come on. Let's play the, let's play the name of the game, man. The name all of the right, game. Right. The name of the game. Right, right, right. We got this. We can get, we can get through it. I mean, 
the only reason why I think like we got to give the Timberwolves a little bit of credit is because, I mean, whether they get dominated in this series or they steal a game or they play well, like they're still learning. I mean, Anthony Edwards, a young star that's still growing. He's been struggling the last few games, honestly, but I'm expecting that to change soon as he's got guys around him that can help him lead. I mean, they brought in Mike Conley for a reason, a veteran point guard, bringing that voice. And then, I mean, I feel like the Timberwolves just got to figure it out with Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert. Because, I mean, in some, some games their stats are solid, but... I think they got to make some changes this summer with that. That does not work. I mean, I agree. I th- I, but how do you get rid of a guy like Rudy Gobert? Just fucking trade him. Send him off. Ship him to Europe. I don't care. They just got him for over for four plus first round picks and like eight players. They threw away and their future <laughs> for a bum. <laughs> well, not for a bum. This guy's an incredible defensive guy and he can rebound the ball. But I'm not a fan of him either. He's a liability on offense. Yeah. But they gotta find a way to bring it together in a series like this. I mean, if there's one thing they should be able to do against this Nuggets team, it's rebound the basketball. And they got out-rebounded by 16 in game one. I mean, that's just... Oh, I think the Nuggets are have a little more size than people realize. Like, MPJ is 6'11". They have a big starting lineup. They do. Like, their point guard M- is 6'5". MPJ is 6'9". He might yeah. even be 6'10". Yeah. Aaron Gordon, 6'9", 6'10". Jokic, 7'. I mean, their guards aren't super Jamal big. Jamal Murray is 6'4", 6'5". I feel like he's like 6'3", nah. Yeah. Let's let's check it I out. I bet ESPN gives him six four. On Yahoo, he's listed at six four. So, all right, give you credit there. How about uh, KCP? KCP is listed at uh, six, six five. Six five. Yeah, I think the Nuggets can be one of the most dangerous teams in the league if they're shooting the three well. And I know I was just shitting on the Warriors for shoot, shooting too many threes, but the way that they can give the ball to Jokic at the free throw line and just have him dime somebody up, like if they can be hitting those shots from the corner, the wing, off of a Jokic assist. I think it's because when he's sitting there right in the middle of the court, like you can see everything from all angles and he draws um, so if, much attention. Like yeah. so many guys gravitate towards Jokic that yeah. he just guys are open. And it's, I mean, it's looking good, honestly. I mean, when you look at the numbers, they're first in the league in field goal percentage. They're fourth in the league in three point percentage, um, 18th in total rebounding. So, I mean, I still feel like that's something that the Timberwolves got to fix over the rest of the series. If they're going to even compete, and yeah. then, I mean, they have the best assist-to-turnover ratio in the league as they're second in the league in assists. I mean, I mean they're led one, by Jokic. They're they, one through five is just – They know how they to pass the ball. Strap. Like, yeah. They can all shoot. They can all pass. Probably I wouldn't like, even say there's a guy in the rotation that can't shoot the ball. There, I don't think there is. I mean, there's there's a guy, and his name's DeAndre Jordan, but I don't see him, <laughs> I don't see him getting in. Maybe yeah, in this playoff the series. When the, <laughs> yeah, he's not, he's not in a – because, you know, it's playoff time now. Playoffs, even Thomas teams, Bryant, Even Thomas Bryant can shoot a little bit. He's know, not even in the rotation no. either. Jokic just doesn't come out ever. He has to play 40 minutes every night. Well, I mean, he's used to it, and he's been waiting for this all season. Yeah, he's done. He'll be all right. It's like, it's like Ty Lue saying, like, Kawhi played 40-plus minutes in game one. Are you worried about that? And they're like, we've been sitting him on all regular season long for this moment. Like, you I should think want to play fine. 41 minutes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Especially going up against Kevin Durant and the Phoenix Suns. Whoa, whoa, I mean, whoa. Spin the wheel first. All right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Do people not know the matchups? <laughs> All right, let's spin the goddamn wheel. <laughs> Come on, Celtics, 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 Celtics. Cavs. Uh. Grizzlies, Lakers, Western Conference. Two seed Grizzlies versus the seven seed Lakers. We were saying it at the beginning of the episode. 
Lakers made the playoffs through a tough, old-fashioned, gritty W against the Timberwolves in the play-in. And now they're up 1-0 on the Memphis Grizzlies with game two right around the corner. You guys should know the result of that game by the time this podcast comes out. But the biggest news we'd say in this series is the John Morant hand injury that happened in game one. I mean, apparently he already had a bit of a hand injury going into the playoffs, but he hurt it. I think it was his other hand, though. Was it? I don't know. If he injured his other hand, (laughs) that's unreal. Because I... He had wrist tape on one hand, and I can't remember if it was the hand he had injured in the game or the opposite hand. But that was disgusting. I feel like it was. I've never the seen hand. a hand bend like that before. <laughs> I feel like it was the hand. Probably shooting hand. Ball I don't hand. know. Yeah. But what I hate about this series is that they played on Sunday and they're not playing again till Wednesday. Like it's the first round. Like they did it for the C's too. They play like, every all other these other teams. Why are teams getting two days off in between game one and game two? Like they're not even traveling anywhere. They should be playing Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. I agree. So but that's nor here nor there. I know that has nothing to do with the series, but like, come on, like save the rest days for later in the postseason when teams are farther down the line, playing a lot more games in the Eastern Conference Finals, the finals. Because last year was a big debate. Like, in the conference finals, games were every other day regardless if they were traveling or not. Yeah. And it's just weird because in the first round, you got, like, two or three times in one series, you got two days off in between games. Like, in the first round, you got teams like the Nuggets that are just trying to get a series over, and they have yeah, to wait two days in with. between days. And yeah, they get, it takes over a week and a half to get a series done, even though it only takes four games. Yeah. So, I agree. I, I mean, I don't know. I think that's something that needs to be fixed, but... Anyways, back to the John Morant injury. I mean, we don't know if he's going to be playing in game two. I mean, he said his status for game two is in jeopardy because of his hand. I mean, is this is this something that would have, you know, changed the potential result of this series, what we thought about it anyways? Um, is this completely ruined the Grizzlies? Because we know the Grizzlies were fantastic without John Morant this season when he didn't play. I mean, just what's the thought process going into the rest of this series? Because, like I said, we're only one game in. I mean, guys got to step up. I mean, Dylan Brooks can't go one for seven from three again. Jaron Jackson had a great game. He needs to keep doing what he does, give you 25 and 10. Defensive player of the year, actually. (laughs) Youngest ever. Taking the reins from my boy Marcus Smart. Youngest ever to win defensive player of the year, Jaron Jackson Jr. Well-deserved, in my opinion. And gives up up 30 to AD the other night. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean that's that's a different that's a different story. We're talking about Anthony yeah. Davis here. I mean, he still played he still played a pretty solid game. I'd say. Jaron Jackson had like twenty five and ten. Yeah, I he mean, had a great game. I let's just, see the exact stats. He had thirty one points, five rebounds, four assists to go with a steal and two blocks. So I yeah. mean, he was able to do it on both ends. But you know, Anthony Davis is one of the best of this generation, and he's also a two way superstar threat. He looked so amazing in game one. He had seven blocks, three steals. So he seven? Was seven blocks. He had five blocks in the first half. Jesus Christ. He was showing out. I mean, he's doing exactly what the Lakers need him to do, and they just got to keep it going. 22 points, 10 of 17 shooting. But, I mean, he can drop 40 whenever. It's just yeah. he's got to find the right groove. But the Lakers in game one, in the fourth quarter, man, it was an Austin Reeves Party, can you believe it? It's almost as if he keeps coming I, up. Hey, like, I, what I is I that said, about? I thought I said him on the pod last week. Did I? You know did, him? and that's why I'm Underdog saying, guy? why does he keep coming up? Like, is this dude actually that guy? It's pissing me off. Did you see lie. that after he hit the three? <laughs> I'm him. I'm him. Yeah, I saw. I saw. <laughs> this is an, this is another series where we're just at the beginning of some fun basketball to be watched, and 
I mean, this is a rivalry right here. Dylan Brooks was asking for this series against LeBron James. He was begging for it. And now he's got to put his mouth or his what's, – what's the right way to say this? Put your money where your mouth is? Yeah, but not his money. He's got to put his ball – his balls got to put his balls. <laughs> He's got to put his balls. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say that exactly, <laughs> but you know what? He was talking that talk, asking for this matchup, and now he's got to step up. You know, he's a he's a fantastic basketball player. He's in the league for a reason. He's in one of these major key role player spots for a reason. One of your main guys is gone, and you're already missing a couple key guys this season but they're I hate to say it but at the same time there's got to be no excuses and you got to keep rolling with the punches as hard as it may be and it's going to be his time to shine and it's going to be interesting to see if he steps up or not because without John Moran if he does not play I mean we're looking at a roster of Jaron Jackson leading the charge with Des Bain Dylan Brooks and Tyus Jones a guy like Santi Aldama leading the charge Tyus Jones Jones has to play a great game if as a starting point guard, he has to play a fantastic game. I mean, losing a guy like John Morant's devastating just because of, you know, the how he can score on offense, just the impact he has on the team in general. I mean, he's incredible. But I think they can get it done tomorrow. Tomorrow? Uh, yes, it is tomorrow, Wednesday night. I think they can get it done tomorrow without him. Um, they need to. They can't go down 2-0 at home. Yeah, going on the road. Yeah, going, I agree. Yeah, they can't. If they go down 0-2, I Think I don't care if John Moran comes back. I think the Lakers win this series. I mean, oh, I actually, I mean, I still took the Lakers in this series. I don't know if I um, emphasized it on the podcast, but I posted it on my uh, Twitter <laughs> account before the playoffs started. I uh, I had the Lakers win in this series. Um, um, it didn't show in the photo in how many games, but I took the Lakers in, I want to say, six or seven games. I'd have to go look exactly. But I have the Lakers win in this series. And, you know, just throwing a shout-out to my little Instagram. If you guys uh, – have any interest in following, you know, sports outside of the podcast, you know, why not go give it a follow? It's Lance's H-O-S for Lance's House of Sports. I feel like you guys will like it. I've been starting to put a lot of stuff in there, and, you know, it's growing more every day. So, but anyways, getting back into the series, we know how big of an impact this John Moran injury is, um, but we don't know how long he's going to be out for. If he even is out for game two, we don't know for sure. Um, Are you still taking your Grizzlies in this? My Grizzlies? Why am I saying on a roll that? today? I am on a roll. <laughs> I feel like I never do that. Uh, I'm not taking the Grizzlies. No, I am going to take the Grizzlies, actually. So. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, I think Jaw mans up, plays in game two. Gotta, right? I, God, it's a must win. I kind of agree with you. It's a must win. Because as much as I want to as much as I want to say they can play well without John Morant, we got to remember they're still missing Steven Adams. Yeah, can't be out two starters. Got to play that he game. He can't be. I mean, that's not even the only guy. I mean. What if he can't play, though? Is it Raps? I think if it's just he, GGs. If he cannot play in game two, it's not Raps. If they, if he cannot play in game two and he's available to play later in the series. They just need You know, win. like, I might take the Grizzlies in this game tomorrow night, honestly. It's a pick em right now. Even with uh, John Morant listed as game time decision. I mean, I'm taking them um, just because I don't. I don't think the Lakers can play a better basketball game in this playoffs than they did in game one. I really don't. Uh, I'd agree with you because of the performance from guys like Rory Hachimura um, and, and Austin Reeves. Yeah, they can't play a better basketball game. Like, it's, I don't think it's possible. I don't. Yeah. Like, those two guys aren't going to combine for 56 points again. It's not going to happen. And if and it does... Tip your cap? Yeah. That's, that's good for really them. fair. That's really fair. 
but at the same time, LeBron and Anthony Davis weren't like they were playing great ball, but they weren't forcibly aggressively, you know, making plays happen. They were playing off ball to Austin Reeves a lot of point in the game. Austin Reeves and D'Angelo Russell had the ball, I feel like, just as much, if not more, than LeBron James did. It was ridiculous. And when LeBron would get the ball, he made a lot of quick decisions with it. But I just couldn't stop noticing that every time up to court, it was D'Angelo Russell or Austin Reeves with the ball and LeBron just sitting there, posting up, you know, getting ready to catch and shoot that thing or catch and do something with it. Like, that was really strange for me to see. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, like when a lot of the role players on on their team aren't playing as well, you know, how LeBron and AD take over a game. So I feel like there's still a lot in the playoffs we haven't seen yet in this series. And I think this is a series that goes six or seven games. Yeah. Um, whether John Morant's 100% or not, I think this is going to be an incredible series. Um, I really like Taylor Jenkins as a head coach over there in Memphis. Um, I think he's going to round up these troops. I honestly think he rallies them to get the game two win. Um, but this series is just getting started. Um, I think we see a lot of uh, incredible performances from Anthony Davis and LeBron. And I don't think the Grizzlies can win this series without John Morant. I already thought at the beginning of the series, I don't think they can win this series without Steven Adams because of the differential in size that it makes. I mean, you're making Jaron Jackson move from his normal four spot to the five spot most of the game. I get it. They start Xavier Tillman. But he's not in the game nearly as much as, you know, Jaron Jackson Jr., the defensive player of the year is. So I'm still I'm still riding with the Lakers. Um, it's crazy to say. But I feel like we're in for a treat this playoffs, you know, with that King series and with a lot of other series we're about to talk about. But I mean, it's gonna it can go either way. Let's spin that wheel. <laughs> All right, matchup four, matchup four. And we got Philadelphia versus Brooklyn, three seed versus six seed. You keep you keep lifting up your arms like there's something wrong. Like you're you excited. Gotta, I thought it was gonna be the C's. Nah, dude. You would know. You'll know when it's the C's, man. I'm waiting on it. Trust. <laughs> Three seed Philadelphia, uh, six seed Brooklyn. We got a matchup with some teams that kind of have some history over the last couple of years, dealing with James Harden, Ben Simmons, and you know just all of the drama that Brooklyn's been through over the last couple of years. This was a series going into it. Um, I mean, I said it on the podcast last week. I thought Brooklyn was going to, you know, test them a little bit, a series that can potentially go six games. Um, but we're two games into it, and the games in Philadelphia, I mean, the 76ers have taken advantage of their home court home court opportunities when, uh, up in the series 2-0, absolutely dominant fashion in game one, blowing out Brooklyn, cruising to a victory. Game two is a little bit of a different um, situation. Uh, Brooklyn was winning the game early up, double figures even, and then going up five, going into the half. But then it was all Philadelphia all second half, and they were able to control the game. And it was led the charge by, you said it, Tyrese Maxey. 33 points in a dominant fashion for him. And it was just a really impressive game for Philadelphia. As this was a really high defensive game for both teams. Um, one of the more low scoring games in these playoffs so far it definitely wasn't one i was expecting as game one i mean philadelphia dropped over 120 points on brooklyn um, but game two was a different script and i was surprised that brooklyn let that game get away because i mean when you're in a tight game like that i get it you're still on the road but you got to try and steal any game you can get against a team like philadelphia and they let it slip um i mean got outscored by 10 points in the third outscored by seven in the fourth um, 
Credit to Cam Johnson and Mikhail Bridges. I thought they played a fantastic games, honestly. But it was just, you know, too much to overcome with Philadelphia. I mean, like we said, Maxie led the charge. And then you got Tobias Harris and Joel Embiid having 20 apiece. Um, and then from two guys, those two guys, they also got a combined 31 rebounds. Just the two guys alone. So when you're letting that happen and getting killed on the glass, getting out-rebounded by 23 total it was, it's going to be hard to win any ball game you play. I don't care who you're going up against. But the reason why I think the Nets let that game away is because, I mean, the 76ers had 19 turnovers in game two. 19 turnovers. They shot the same amount of times uh, Brooklyn and Philadelphia did, and yet Brooklyn hit more threes. They got to the line more. They shot the same amount of field goals, yet it was Philadelphia that was able to get the win and win by 12 points, still covering the spread. I mean, it looks Philadelphia looks really good right now. They look like they're ready to go on a big run. James Harden struggled shooting the ball in game two, but that is not something I'm worried about at all. Because he looked great in game one. He looks fantastic in yeah. game one. He looks scary in game yeah. one. So, I mean, going up against a team like Brooklyn, all you need is one guy to dominate. Two, maybe, if Brooklyn's playing really well to win the game. But it's not going to be until the next round series where you need all three guys, at least three guys playing well, I'll say that, to win a playoff game. Um, against these top teams they got coming up. I mean, I thought it was going to be six games going into the series. I think I'm having an ending in four or five now. But still, all the credit in the world to that Brooklyn team with what they've been through, the type of team they have now. I think this team's set up for really well in the future. But with that being said, I Philadelphia looks scary, and they look like they're ready to go on a playoff push, um, one that they've been waiting for all of Embiid's career. They think they might finally have the pieces for it. I mean, you think they're going to be able to go on a big run, or because I mean, I think we know the team's in their way. And yeah, I mean, when they Boston, get the series Milwaukee. done, if they beat Boston, they'll probably play Milwaukee. Assuming they get out of can hold it, we got to spin the wheel. We got to spin the wheel. I appreciate that. <laughs> I appreciate that. We'll get to that talk eventually. Once we get more of these teams, we'll start merging them together. Yeah, but I mean, personally, I don't necessarily think that they're going to beat a team like Boston in the second round like you know when they have to play at Boston for four of the seven games I just don't see them winning four out of those seven games but that's not like a knock to the 76ers it's just how good those top teams are in the east having said that they look really good right now I think Brooklyn has great defenders but I don't think they can defend the 76ers very well yeah because they don't have size Nick Claxton's their biggest guy and he's he looks tiny he, bullied he looks them. tiny out there compared to Joel Embiid. Yeah. It looks it like Evan Mobley and Julius Randle. Yeah. That's what it looks like. It does. And they have to double-team Joel, and someone's always open, and all those guys can shoot, and it's it's just a problem. Like, you help off P.J. Tucker in the corner, like, it's butter. Yeah. If you help off Tyrese Maxey on the wing, it's butter. If you help off James Harden on the wing, it's butter. Like, <laughs> it's <laughs> They're a tough out for sure. That I'm, I can't wait to see their second series. Yeah. I, this one's ending in four. Yeah. No, I'm probably there with you. I mean – I wish that wasn't the case. James Harden's back in Brooklyn. Give him yeah. a show. Yeah. Show him what they're missing out on. <laughs> 35 and 15. Yeah. <laughs> Cruising to a 25-point victory. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised to see something like that. But at the same time, I'm also expecting Brooklyn to steal a game. I yeah, think they can. I think they can, too. If Philadelphia, like, they've had a, they had a game where they only had nine turnovers in game one, dominant fashion win. And then they had a game where they struggled taking care of the basketball, 19 turnovers. Yeah. And now they still won, and they still won by 12 points. But it was a more of a gritty win in a very defensive game. And if it wasn't for Brooklyn, 
Brooklyn's poor shooting, they would not have gotten out of there alive, and it would have been one one heading back to yeah. Brooklyn. I mean, and the doc and it would have been complete. Everyone would be talking completely different if that was the case. But yeah, credit to Maxi, he stepped up big time, and you know we talk about him in a way. Me he when on me anytime he'd, I can get, he'd be pretty close. He's to a, a, he's like a, he's a special status. player. He's yeah. a star player without a doubt. Yeah, and he's sitting in a beautiful role, a role set for him to succeed in with guys like James Harden. I think it's around him. a great role for him to just like expand his game. Like I feel I like he's learning so much from these guys. Yeah, like learning from the best scorer like possibly ever. One of them <laughs> without a doubt. Yeah. I mean, and I mean, we're talking about one of the. Best isolation scores I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, I mean it's unbelievable. Yeah, um, and he's a great passer. The way this guy passing is so underrated yeah. too. It's yeah. just when you're learning from guys like that, and like you have a good big man to like help your game out. And Doc Rivers is a great coach. I yeah. mean, because I think I'll, I expect him to get moved eventually to Maxi to a bigger role. Yeah, he's going to want more money. And I, I agree. You I, know, I I think that'll happen someday. And when it does, I think he's going to be great wherever he goes just because of the team he's on now and how they're developing him yeah no i i well, like tyrese maxi spiel for you guys yeah hey i mean he's gotta, nice. gotta give credit where credit he's is nice. due to star <laughs> players especially especially when they're stepping up at the biggest time of the year it's playoff time and i mean i'm just uh, all right i'm gonna spin the wheel hopefully my boys are next <laughs> <laughs> We got a fun series. Four seed Cleveland Cavaliers, five seed New York Knicks. We got some sweating Cavalier fans out here. And we also got some exhilarated New York Knicks fans over at ESPN with the orange shoot Stephen A. Smith. I mean, I can't tell if I love it or if I hate it. But, I mean, we're in for a good series. Um, game two tonight. Um in Cleveland, um, we're going to know the result of it by the time this podcast comes out. But Knicks are currently leading this series 1-0, and they looked impressive in that first matchup against the Cavs. Yeah, they did. I mean, the best player on the court was Donovan Mitchell. No one around him was helping him. Like, he had 40 of their 90-something points. So that's kind of where the problem comes into and what we need to talk about right now. Yeah, I mean, I just I don't know what it's else. It's this early in the series, and I think everyone, when they talk about the Cavs, they know what their issue is, and it's depth. Um, it's almost as if they have four guys that are that have the ability that are able to be on the court, but you have to have five guys on the court at all times. I mean, they're giving guys like you know Isaac Okoro too many minutes, in my opinion. Jetty Osmond, Karis Levert. Um, but those are your Dean Wade only played seven minutes. Yeah, but I still are, think he played too much. Those Go are ahead. your you, you just said four guys, but those are their. Sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth exactly. best player. It's exactly. Not, yeah, it's not good. And that's why, like, where do you go to? And now we're also talking about the problem to where, like, this is a team that has one of the best front courts in basketball, people like to argue, and yet they can't even get a rebound on the New York Knicks because of, you know, the size of Evan Mobley especially. I mean, he just gets bullied by Julius Randle in that yeah. matchup. I mean, how do the Cavs... I, I look at this series. We're talking about them like they lost by 30. What was, I know, what they, they lost by four points. Yeah. And I think they're going to win this game tonight. They're, I do too. I think they're going to win this game I do tonight. too. I, think, I mean. They're a good team at home. It's, you know, first playoff game. Maybe a little nerves. I don't know what it was. But, but when think, we're talking about a long, lengthy seven-game series potentially, I mean, I think the biggest factor is rebounding, and it seems like the Knicks own it. And Donovan Mitchell had 38 points. He showed out in game one, and yet it still wasn't enough for the New York Knicks. I mean, credit to Jalen Brunson. 
he played a he played a great game. Twenty seven points, um, had two and two in the rebound and assist category. But like these guys didn't shoot tremendously off the charts. Brunson was eleven for twenty four. Randall was seven for twenty from the field, um, as well as his ten rebounds, four assists. R J Barrett only had seven points. Quentin Grimes, who started, had five points in his 26 minutes. Um, Josh Hart, he was the one that stepped up big time for them. 17 points, 10 rebounds on 8 of 11 shooting. Quickly only at three points. But I feel like that just goes to show if one guy out of R.J. Barrett, Emmanuel Quickly, or Josh Hart shows up in a game, the Knicks are going to be capable of winning it because they're guys like Brunson He's he's he looks dominant. Yeah. I'm sorry. He's and then really Julius Randle, he's got the right type of matchup for this Cavs team. I just don't see a way unless Donovan Mitchell's dropping 50 that they win this series because what was, how, Darius Garland has What speed. were the other scores in that? Darius Garland had 17 points, zero rebounds, only one assist in game one. Jared Allen, he played well, 14 points, 14 rebounds. Mobley, 8 points, 11 rebounds. Akura was one for six, six points. Um, Jetty Osmond, he had nine off the bench. Um, Lavert was three, one for seven. Dean Wade, two points. Ricky Rubio, zero points. I mean, I just, I don't see where the scoring goes to. Like, they only had 97 points, and I get it's the playoffs. It's going to be more, it's going to be more defensive um, focused when it comes to these playoff games, but they got to find someone outside of Donovan Mitchell to score for all 48 minutes. And I think it has to be Darius Garland, but I feel like he has to have more. I feel like with what I'm about to ask, I'm asking for too much. Like he needs 30 points, as well as Donovan. I was going to say 25, so we're pretty close. I would say he needs to score more. They need to score 25 and 30. Not because because I think Evan Mobley can give you more than eight. I think Jared Allen 11 is about what he should give you every night as a starting five. Yeah, and you know who it needs to come from? Karis Levert needs to play better ball. On at the three, you see that happening. He shows glimpses, but it's it's so inconsistent. Like, and that's where I'm taking. If guys. he heats up, if anybody in the NBA heats up, they can you know always drop thirty just because they're in the NBA. Like, of course, I mean, of course, you know. we've seen it from him before, and he needs it now. <laughs> he does. He does. And they gotta they gotta box out. Like at the end of the game, you saw Evan Mobley trying to put crazy. his ass into him. Well, that, I'm talking. He's just you know he's got fifty pounds of extra weight than him yeah. on his back just. Hurling them, you know, it was just, I feel like this is going to be a major issue. And I mean, you look at the stats, Cavs are 25th in the league in rebounding. Something I've brought up at times, it kind of goes unnoticed because of their dominant front court that they show. And then it's the Knicks who are second in the league in rebounding. And that showed in game one. And I feel like that's going to be the same name of the game all series. But if the Cavs win this series, it's going to be because of their three-point shooting. Yeah, I can see. Which I can I can see, but it's got to happen. You don't think they have any chance of winning this series? I I I'm, if I'm a Cavs fan, I'm nervous after that game one. It did not look it's one good. game on the road too. I know it was just one game, but I'm a, I think Julius Randle's only going to be playing better. I think Jalen Brunson is going to be playing to that level all series long. I mean, he's been doing it all season. I don't see I don't see that stopping. And then I mean, R.J. Barrett, who's supposed to be their third best player, played terrible. He played terrible. Other guys I mean, you know, quickly. A lot of people thought he should have been the favorite for sixth man of the year, had three points. What happens when these other guys who are their third and fourth best player play good games? You can't you can't say you think I don't know. I just I, I don't know. I look at that one game and I'm nervous if I'm a Cavs fan. It's one game. I'm nervous. Like I don't I don't know. I just don't 
They match I'm, up really I, well against them. They do. I 100% agree that the Knicks match up great against the Cavs. I said but. it when we first spun the wheel to this series. I think the Cavs win tonight. I think when this podcast gets posted, I think it's going to be 1-1 going back to New York. And let's say that's not the case. That's an even more reason for the Cavs fans to panic. They, this is a must win. I agree. For the Cavs. Yeah. A must win. Yeah. But let's just say they go back to New York 1-1. I mean, I'm feeling good if I'm a Knicks fan. I really am. Of course and you I are. And th- I think the rebounding is one of the biggest factors of basketball games. Because even if you're not shooting well, you're getting more chances than the other team because of you out-rebounding them. Yeah. I think the Cavs, when you, I look at their star players, I think they're better than the Knicks star players. And obviously they don't have as much depth, but if the guys they do have can play even decent, better than that, because they all play terrible. Garland has to be better. Garland has One to be assist? better. One assist? Garland has to be much better. Are you better. kidding me? And I think he will be better. I really do. I'm excited to see It's their happens. first playoff series since Braun. You know, it's nerves for these guys. They've never yeah. been in a playoff series before. And they I mean, know who they are. They know their identity. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't I'm never gonna count them out. I saw how good they were in the regular season. Saw them beat your C's. Yeah. They won three one and they looked great in that game. They looked great in that game we went to. If they can play like that, I think they can win the series. I mean, they're just completely different matchups. It'll be interesting to see. I agree. But if RJ Barris starts playing better, I don't think the Cavs have a chance. Unless Donovan Mitchell just enters a different stratosphere in the way he's playing. And he already had thirty eight in game one. Yeah, And that's another thing. If Donovan Mitchell doesn't have 30-plus, these guys don't even have a chance, in my opinion. How many shots did he Where else is the scoring coming from? I don't believe he shot a a very good percentage. Um, Not terrible. 14 for 30. It's actually good. I mean, he shot 30 times. I mean, the scoring could just get spread out. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) well, it doesn't mean they're making the shots. 14 for 30, that's what, 48%? Yeah, six or sixteen from three. That's where that can be a little bit better. But that's where I think he just his shot selection can be a little yeah. bit better. Sixteen threes. That's a little too much. He took sixteen threes. He took sixteen threes. Made six of them. I, yeah, he needs to drive and kick more. Darius Carlin has to get to the rim because he's a great passer. He's a great dribbler. I don't one know. assist ain't gonna, ain't gonna cut no, it though. It's not. If you're a great passer, you got to go out and show. You're playing it. the one. You got to. You're. You should be given eight assists every night. Shouldn't be Donovan Mitchell running the show. He had not just 38 points, but eight assists. Mm-hmm. And it five should be him running show the show, it. but I'm talking about at the point guard facilitating the basketball. He it needs to be Garden Garland running yeah. the show. So you think Mitchell's better off the ball? Well, no. I mean, he can score with the ball and without the ball, but I think if someone's going to be because they have him play, if the someone's going to be, if Garland is scoring the ball and creating shots with him, I I think that's where the Cavs help win the series. Yeah. Because Donovan Mitchell can't do it all on his own. If he's the only one scoring the ball, the only one drawing defenses in and, you know, creating open shots for others, then they're not going to win the series. They're just not going to. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, you know you know but they've talked about what to do. Obviously, so. it's riding <laughs> on the stars. So I'm expecting a lot from Darius Garland and Donovan yeah. Mitchell. I, I mean, I, I it's ex- hard to expect more I from expect, him. I expect – I think it's going to be a totally different game plan. I don't know what they're going to – got to think they have to. I don't know what they're going to do, but it's going to be totally different what they did at game one. And that's something that we're about to watch here in about an hour um, once we finish this podcast. But I think it's time to spin the wheel for the next series. But, I mean, so you're still riding with the Cavs? Yeah, Cavs in seven. I got the Cavs on my pick, so I'm riding with them. But it's going to be in six or seven. And it wouldn't surprise me if the Knicks stole the series because they looked impressive in game one. But here we go. Give it to us. Give it to us. Oh, here we go. 
Two seed Celtics, seven seed Hawks. The Celtics looked absolutely tremendous in game one. Absolutely tremendous. A three-man show playing in Boston. First of all, they, they I mean, we got the matchup we wanted playing the Atlanta Hawks. I mean, yeah, like, they, I the bar- like I said at the very... Like I said at All right. They all right. Stink. All right. <laughs> they stink. Is that you hyping up the Cs or is that you, no, you know, just me saying giving the Hawks shit stink. to the Hawks? They beat the, they beat the Heat. I don't care. Who were, I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but Heat look fine right now. We'll see with all the updates with them. But anyways, they beat the Heat. They got the matchup against the Celtics and they got absolutely scraped in game one, as it was all Celtics all day long. I mean, it was Jalen Brown that led the charge. He had 28 points. It was my boy, Derek White, who I continue to hype up to all my roommates, and they will continue to hate and pour on his name. He had 24 points. Jason Tatum had 25. Did you see that shot to end the half, that Tatum shot from like 30 feet out? That was probably one of the most pure shots I've ever seen. If that's not a playoff starter to get me going, I don't think I watched more than a quarter of that game. <laughs> you missed out on good ball. I'm serious. It's boring. It's a and, boring series. And let me t- and let and let me tell you, the Robert Williams effect is real. And we're coming into this playoffs healthy. Everyone in the league needs to be scared. They need to be scared because we're coming in. We're coming in hot. Malcolm Brogdon only played 21 minutes in this game. Only had five points. And there's a man that's about to win Sixth Man of the Year. We just we looked tremendous from start to finish. Um, we started coasting a little bit there in the third quarter. We were up 30 on them in the first half by halftime. We were able to cruise it out. 112 to 99, we were able to get the finish. I mean, I think this is going to be a four-game series sweep, and I think we're just getting ready for a long playoff run. We got some unfinished business, and I don't know if you're looking at the shirt I'm wearing right now, but, I mean, it started on Saturday. The energy is about to shift round two. It's starting now, and I couldn't be more excited about it. I don't know if you can tell. Jalen Brown led the way in game two. Um, I'm probably pulling out his jersey tonight for the game. But, yeah, we look great. I know it's, only, it's only one game into the series. Game two's tonight. We're going to know the result of it by uh, the time this podcast comes out. But I think, I think the league needs to be – they're nervous. They should be nervous. Um, we're talking about them as they go on. There's a couple series we still have to talk about. But, you know, the John Moran injury was big time. I mean, there's a couple more injuries that we're going to get into. But the one thing that always is on my mind is we got to get through these playoffs healthy. Because, one, I hate the excuses that everyone gives from all the other teams. I want to play everyone at full strength. And that's kind of what I'm talking about, Giannis. And we'll get to Giannis in a second. Hopefully he plays in game two. But I want to see everyone healthy because you want to get everyone's best shot. Um, You hate to see I mean, most importantly, these star players, the last thing you want to see is these star guys get banged up. And, I mean, that's kind of what I'm hoping for for my Cs. I mean, we're only one game in. These playoffs are going to be brutal. You know you know, after that first game, the Hawks are going to be coming in swinging, and they're going to be coming in really aggressive to try and do anything they can to disrupt us. So we just got to be careful. We got to make sure we keep our bodies healthy, and we got to make sure we got to do our job. We got to do our job. And if we do that, I'm not worried, and I'll be excited for that second-round matchup against Philadelphia. I know you don't want to say anything about this series, and you don't (laughs) give a rat's ass about this series, but, I mean, credit to the Hawks. They got a decent team. They were able to make it this far. Um, They got a good player in Trey Young, who we just absolutely compromised night in and night out. I'm expecting the same in game two. 
And I'm expecting the same game plan in game two. We let DeJounte Murray do what he wants to do, and we just compromise Trey Young. DeJounte um, Murray is the best player on that team. Um, that's not true. <laughs> Watching the series, dude, Trey Young looks so mid. Because we're compromising the shit out of him. Oh, he Whatever. Misses, he's missing wide open layups, dude. Like When was that? The whole first quarter. The whole first quarter. He missed like two layups. He started over for six. Open. Yeah, he wasn't missing. They weren't wide open. He was just missing shots. Dude, he was missing easy finger rolls. We'll see how it is in game two. I mean, I expect him to look a little better. Where we're at in the playoffs, there's a long way to go. We got three more games uh, to win to move on into the next series. But I just feel like we got their number. I mean, I mean, we dominate them on the glass. We shot a better free throw percentage, even though they got to the line more. They only shot 17% from three in the first game. Um, and that's where I give credit to our defense more than I say uh, they struggled from three. And then, I mean, we were – it was a gritty game. It was a gritty game. That's what I'm going to say. Long series to go. I'm expecting us to win in four. And, you know, the Chargers going to be led by uh, Fire and Ice, uh, Tatum, Brown, Mike Drop. I don't know. I know you don't want to say anything else because you're just looking uh, down. and spin the wheel. You're ready to spin the wheel. <laughs> Be ready for this team. This team is coming for the throne. I'm serious when I say that. I know a lot of people think, oh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, the Milwaukee Bucks, all those powerhouse teams in the West, whatever you want to say. This Celtics team is the best team in basketball. They have only continued to get better since the Brad Stevens era. And hopefully it keeps going in the right direction. But, you know, we're in route as of now. We're in route. So I'll leave it at that. I know you want to ask it. What am I going to ask? En route to what? No. You know what we're en route to. <laughs> you know what we're en route to. Say it. What are we en route to? Where are we going? The finals. The promised land. <laughs> the promised land. That's right. That's right. That's what I've been thinking all day long. Let's spin the wheel. Let's spin the wheel. Gosh, I'm so excited. They're going to win by 20. It's going to be a cruise That's victory. Probably, dude. Four-seed Suns, five-seed Clippers, who we had as the favorites to come out of the Western Conference, Phoenix Suns. We got game two tonight. We'll know the result of it um, by the time this podcast comes out. But as we speak, it is currently Clippers one, Suns zero. And I feel like there's so much I could talk about for this game specifically that a lot of people have interest in. But what I'm going to talk about is the KD-Kawhi matchup because – That's been an incredible matchup to watch, but as well as Russell Westbrook on the defensive end. You know, talking about Phoenix, talking about this Clippers series, you know, the winner of this series gets Denver pretty much. So this this is a tough route for whoever wins this series. This is going to be a tough uh, playoffs, but it's starting early for these guys, and it's a hell of a matchup between a Paul George-less Clippers and a new addition Kevin Durant Phoenix Suns to go along with Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, Chris Paul. Um, so obviously, to me, that uh, Kawhi versus Kevin Durant matchup was incredible for me. I mean, them matching up against each other was really cool to watch, seeing a lot of those veteran guys who have been there before, just in this game one first-round series going back and forth. But with the Clippers winning game one and some tremendous defense from the Clippers in that game as well, should the Suns be worried at all? Yeah. You think so? Yes. Let's hear it. I said, I said, this was one of my upsets. I said it last week. You had the Clippers? Yeah. Interesting. I don't remember. Actually, I do remember that. 
I still have the Suns. You Kawhi, know how man. to playoff mm-hmm. Kawhi. Different. Top five player in the league. <laughs> All right, calm down. He is. Playoff Kawhi. Top five player in the league? Playoff Kawhi, yeah. Yeah, he is. How many did he have? It's really debatable. 34? Yeah, 38. Yeah, 38. Yeah. 38. (laughs) (laughs) It's game one. It's game one. Is Donovan Mitchell top five in the league? He had 38. He could be. (laughs) He's not. No, he's He's not. not. He's not, but he's the best shooting guard in the league. I still think the Suns are winning this series. Um, Let's get that out there. Russell Westbrook shooting three for 19 was tremendous, but you can't negate the fact of how how good he was on the defensive end. I mean, it was a huge impact, and I think it was what led the Clippers to win that game, to go along with Kawhi's clutchness and his consistently to score the basketball. But I know the Suns' depth is a big – it already is. I mean, only 10 points off the bench in all of game one. In game two, I expect a completely different Suns team. I do. And I think that means Kevin Durant shooting the ball twice as much as he did in game one. He only shot it 15 times in game one. He was 7 for 15. 27 points, 11 assists, 9 rebounds. If he's playing like that, the Suns should not lose that game. They I, shouldn't. They shouldn't. You're right. But, I, I mean, mean... They just they have all the star players. They have Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, Chris Paul. Every fan's dream team. And, you know, you expect to win in five. No. Yeah. I wouldn't say five. I'm a Suns fan. I should not be worried about round one with the team I have. Well, of course not, but five games. Six. I mean, you're going up against a... You're going up against, you know, a tough, experienced team in the Clippers with guys from all over the place, an experienced coach in Ty Lue. I mean, you, you ha- maybe maybe that's what was going wrong in game one. They were kind of like cruising, thinking cruising, it'd be easy. Thinking they were going to get this done. No Paul George. 7-0 with Kevin Durant in the regular season going into the playoffs. No Paul George. Maybe that was the case. Because I see a different Suns team coming out. I mean, 27-26 and 26 from Booker yeah. in game one, and you don't win the game. It looked like the Clippers just wanted it more, especially on defense. I agree. But, I mean, DeAndre Ayton's also got to play better. I mean, I know he had 18 points, 8 rebounds, but at the same time, Zubats had 12-15. and 15. Westbrook had 11 rebounds himself. They got out-rebounded as a team. They just got to play better. That's it. I feel it. like they're going to keep Their getting Their defense was fine, I feel like. In my, it wasn't even terrible. Eight steals, nine blocks. Less turnovers in the Clippers. Going back to rebounding again, and it's almost as if there's a repetitive nature on teams that are winning games. <laughs> you got to rebound the basketball. Yeah, I mean it. It matters. It's more possessions. It matters tremendously. But if the Clippers win this series, it'll be because of their bench. Yeah, because they have guys on the bench that the Suns cannot provide. Yeah, and when these guys are off the floor, I mean, they're not getting any. They're not getting anything. I mean, outside of Booker being minus six, the rest of the starting lineup was plus and the plus minus. Yeah. Torrey Craig, I know he's a – but he was plus 14. Aiton was plus 13. KD was plus four. Shout out Torrey Craig having 22, nine for 12 from the field. But, like, that's what I'm saying. Three guys with 20 plus and you lose that game. Yeah. Shouldn't happen. It shouldn't happen. Especially at home. I'm still taking the Suns team, but something to keep an eye on. Suns are at home, right? The Suns are at home. Yeah, I was going. I thought but, they were the fourth. But something yeah. to keep an eye on with this Phoenix Suns team. Let's say they even get by and win this series, their depth is going to be a problem. And I think even if they find a way to win this series and they end up going far, I don't think they win anything out of it. I don't think they can get a championship because of how poor their depth is. I think it's too big of a factor. Who's your favorite in the West? My favorite? I mean, right at this now, point. Is right it the now, Lakers? Right? No, no, no. Right now, I'm still picking, taking the Suns. Okay. But I don't think – I don't know if they play the Celtics, the Bucks, even if it's Philly. I don't winning. think they can win at all because they don't have the depth. 
Yeah, because all those teams have – honestly, the Bucks don't have great depth. But Philly Unless and, KD and Devin Booker and Torrey Craig, like I said, <laughs> just you know can do even better, and their defense just improves. What did Chris because, Paul do? Um, Chris Paul had seven points, 10 rebounds, 11 assists. Played a good game. Yeah, that's what you need from him. That's what you need. I mean, it was two for eight from the field, but he didn't overshoot it. Ten assists, 11 rebounds. That's more than enough expectation-wise for Chris Paul. Yeah. I mean... They still lost the rebounding battle. And they still lost the rebounding battle. Hmm. Kevin Durant got to get boards. That's what it is. Kevin Durant had nine rebounds. Chris (laughs) Paul at 11. DeAndre Ayton at eight. And they lost the rebounding battle. It's just tough for those boys, I guess. You want to know what it is? Mason Plumlee off the bench, 11 rebounds. Yep. It's big. And only 17 minutes. They got to figure out something to deal with that. I mean, Jacques Landell um, off the bench and Biz- playing Bismack beyond four minutes isn't going to cut it. I mean, because with no Aiton, they have no size. No. There's only other big guys, Kevin Durant. He's So maybe that's another thing that ends up affecting them and something that I didn't take into consideration going into these playoffs. But as of right now, I'm still going to take the Suns just because of their top guys and their experience. Yeah. But – you know, like the, the name of this podcast, you know, some underdog stories are may just be getting started and just being the beginning of being written. Yeah. You, like, you know what I'm trying to yeah. say, but <laughs> I feel like a lot of upsets are brewing. And as much as I want to take this Suns team, as much as I want to take a lot of these favorites, there's a whole lot we haven't seen yet and a lot that is just getting started. And as I spin this wheel for, you know, the last series of the day, Probably the most influential series that no one was expecting just a few days ago. One seed Milwaukee Bucks and the eight seed Miami Heat. Heat are winning this, are up in this series 1 0 as we speak with a lot of games left to play. And the biggest part of this series is Giannis had a major, major tailbone injury. We don't know what to expect if he's going to be back for game two. We don't know what to expect if he's going to be back for this series. And to go along with that, Tyler Hero from the Heat is out four to six months, was it? Broken hand. With a broken hand. Yeah. So a lot of pretty severe um, injuries for both teams. Obviously, a bigger one being Giannis and the Bucks. But now talking about it, Playoff as Jimmy we, heard, we hear currently, is this written for the Heat to somehow steal this series from the Bucks, or do the Bucks survive this Giannis injury? Because I've had a tailbone injury, and those injuries are no joke. He, I mean, I see it as like you're completely compromised. Like it'll be an injury for me. I was injured for about one to two weeks, and then I went back to playing basketball. But, but, it, but it was about it was about two to three months before I was actually able to fully do everything 100. Yeah. percent And I know it. He's a super freak. He's called the Greek freak for a reason. Super athlete, six eleven, two fifty. If you've seen his biceps, they're unreal. But you know, you can't take this tailbone injury lightly, and I feel like it's going to be a big factor going into the rest of the series. It surprised me if he played, honestly. He's a different type of player if he plays through this series. How big of an impact is this? I mean, we know Tyler Hero's definitely out. We Huge. D- we don't know. We don't know, you know, the severity of the Giannis injury, but, I mean, yeah, you just said it. This is I the think, biggest thing that could have happened in all of the playoffs. Yeah, I think that it's crazy I'm going to say this, I think the Heat have the better team without Giannis. Oh. Even with Tyler Hero. Because um, I think they have the better, best player in Jimmy Butler. And I think arguably Bam is the second best player on the court with Giannis being out. I think I, I think I disagree with you with that take there. 
You don't think Jimmy's the best player on the court with Giannis? I think, I think Jimmy Butler's the best player on the court, but I still think the Bucks are the better team. Okay. If Tyler, if Tyler Hero didn't get injured, then I think I'd take the heat in this series. Yeah. And that's bizarre to say. Maybe not a better roster, but I think, you know, the way I saw Max Struess play in the play-in game, like... He looks legit. Yeah, like, if just guys like that. Like, I don't see on anybody on Milwaukee breaking out for eight threes in a game, you know? Like, I just... Okay, but they're also completely different styles, and that's a game that... No, you're right. You know, we probably won't see from Max Struess again. But we saw the Bucks against the Celtics without Chris Middleton last year. Everyone thought it was the biggest factor ever. No, oh, I think they missed him for sure. I think they missed him, but I still... They definitely missed him. I don't him. think it would have changed the result I, of the series. I think it... I don't know if... Well, everyone were, in the world I don't know does. if they would have won, but I think that it would have been... I mean, it won seven games. So yeah, I, I think it would have been... <laughs> It could have changed the result of the series. But. I don't think it would have, personally. Because just because it went seven games doesn't mean... But it's just because at like, the time Chris Middleton got hurt, he was averaging 22 and shooting 40-plus percent from three. That's why people said that. Now, Chris Middleton getting hurt, I don't think it would have been that big of a deal because he's not putting up those same numbers. But at, when he got hurt, he was a baller. And now we need Chris Middleton to step up more than yeah. he's ever had to step up before. Because this one, this one seed... Best record in all of the NBA is in jeopardy of losing in the first round. I know it's just one game, but they also lost the greatest player in all of the NBA currently. I don't know what to think of it because I don't know how serious this injury is. I just Look, haven't, I haven't seen the Bucks without Giannis in a long, a time, long time when it mattered. Yeah, you know, I agree because he's really not injury prone at all. He's normally healthy. This says Giannis is likely out for game two. Yeah, yeah. that's what I expected. Yeah, that injury was no joke. I think they need to sit him out for this series and try and win it without him. Because if he plays through this injury... I don't injury, think they're going to win it without if him. If he plays through this injury, it doesn't matter. I don't think they beat anyone on the level of Boston, Philadelphia, even Cleveland or New York if he's not 100%. And when I say that, like, it's not like he has, like, oh, a, a bad offhand. Or, like, you know, he has a... He has an ankle sprain that he's getting over. Like, this is his back. This is his entire body we're talking about. And his defense is completely compromised if his tailbone is not okay. And then his ability to shoot the yeah. ball will be completely different. I know he's not he a great shooter. He just won't be at full speed. He won't, he won't be able to do anything. And I mean anything not nearly as well as he does currently. And it changes everything. It's almost as if he makes them worse. I feel like that would be what would happen. So from my point of view, I feel like you got to sit this man until he's – at least someone you can depend on on the court. He's not a liability. Cause uh, yeah, I mean, I guess, but I feel like Giannis, even at 75%, is still a top 15 player in the league. I think his defense is a bigger factor than the offensive end. Yeah. Because he can make his impact just with holding the ball on offense. But defense, he's obviously one of the best defenders in all of the league, but he's not going to be able to have any sort of impact with that tailbone injury. I'm telling you right now. If he's not able to, like, you know, if he's in pain when he is in the defensive position or when he stands up straight, he's not going to be able to do anything. Yeah. And it's going to affect the team tremendously. So I'm not surprised that they're likely going to hold him out game two. And like I just said, I personally think they should hold him out for the series and try and win it without him. Because if they do that, and let's say it goes six or seven, they pull it off, it takes two weeks to get done. He gets a, Even a if week or two seven, of rest. they could play him game seven. May, yeah. They just need to survive that. up until then. And let's say that. But I think they got to look at bigger picture here because they, they're they another team that's looking to go and win it all this year. And you can't have you can't have, you can't have your best player. You can't have your best player on the team, you know, dealing with an injury this severe all playoff long. It won't it won't.
the result won't be what they want it to be. I'll say that. Yeah. It won't be. I think the thing you got to worry about right now is just getting out of this series because that was the worst thing that could have happened to them. And it happened end of the first half, I want to say. End of the first half in game one against a team that has experience, has been in the conference finals many times, has been to the finals just a couple years ago in the bubble. This team has been there before, and they know what's at stake right now, and they they know the opportunity that's just I hate to risen s- in front of yeah, them. Yeah, I hate. Yeah, I was gonna say, I hate to say it, but they're gonna jump all over this. Yeah, if Giannis is out, like it's an even. Like that line is three points. You know what I mean? Like, let's see what the line is at right now for game two. <laughs> Bucks are a six and a half point favorite in game two. I feel like that spreads a little big. Like I might. <laughs> I'm, I, I I wouldn't be surprised if the Bucks got it done in Game Two because this is another game where like a home team home. lost Game yeah. One. It's a must win in Game Two. Going down 0-2, heading on the road, it's not a very good recipe for success. So I've seen it before. I've seen my boys do it a long time way back when. <laughs> first round, we played the Bulls in the first. We went down 0-2, losing both games at home. Won the game in six. If I'm being honest, they had Rondo on the Bulls at the time. Uh, he was dominating us the first two games. He, I think he hurt his he got hurt, yeah. missed the rest of the series. Um, we ended up winning that series in six. But if there was, if Rondo never got injured in that series, I totally think that series could have gone six or seven games, and we could have even been in jeopardy. We ended up making the conference finals that year, but I don't know. It just goes to show you never know in these playoffs. But with that being said, I mean, I, I'm, I hope everyone knows that I am hoping for the best for Giannis. I want Giannis to come back as soon as possible, and I want him to get as healthy as soon as possible because when we're talking about these NBA playoffs this is some of my favorite stuff ever you want the best players healthy all playoffs long because for one you want to see the best players to play you want to see the best players play and two I mean you don't want any excuses from anybody um, because at the end of the day somebody's going to be raising a banner up and a lot of people are always going to be you know chattering chirping about what could have been with these other teams and I kind of I hate that talk I'm just not a fan of it. Yeah. Um, so it will be interesting to see what we, ex- uh, what we get out of Giannis Antetokounmpo in these next couple of weeks out of we this trip, series. we got a trip to Milwaukee to go to. So Hopefully. they got to win the series. So they got to win the series. <laughs> We're expecting an Eastern Conference Finals trip to Milwaukee. That's right. So hopefully they don't ruin our trip. Hopefully we don't have to go to Philadelphia. Um, <laughs> Shithole. Yeah, seriously. Seriously. But Can't with, afford to go to Boston, so. No. <laughs> oh, not right now. But with that, all that being said, as much as I don't want any of these injuries to happen, I think the landscape is put perfect is written out perfectly for myself. <laughs> it really is. It really is. And I know we're only in a game in, and game two is right about to start. So we're gonna have to end this podcast. But uh JB's hand looked a little uncomfortable at the beginning He's of that fine. game one. He's fine. It? That's right. <laughs> so I brought we brought it up last week on the podcast. We can't ever get into the playoffs 100% healthy. There's always something. Jalen Brown cut his hand on a vase, had to get five stitches. In game one, it reopened. It did reopen? It did reopen. Uh, you didn't know that? I knew it was bothering him, but I didn't know. It, it reopened in game one. It got It, it reopened. Um, they just got to cool it, I guess. He said huh? he's okay. Yeah. Um, he's going to be playing in game two. I mean, they were talking um, about it. But they, they got to be careful with that. They interviewed That's him it. and said it. He was saying it still hurt when he catches the ball. Yeah. Because where it was, it was it's like right here, isn't it? Yeah, it's right. It's right. It's, uh, it's, it's in right between, where the. It's in between the webbing. What is this? The, is this the flagina? Is that what it's called? <laughs> what? Flagina? It might be. 
I, I, I don't know. I learned that somewhere <laughs> when I was younger. Like, not trying to be weird or anything, but to end the pod. But yeah, go ahead. Look it, look it up. Cause I then, heard that too. Because then the back part of the elbow is the weenus. Yeah. I thought, unless someone made that up. He's right. The, yeah, so I was right. Yeah, he, it was the flagina. It was a flagina. I thought it was up here, though. No, uh, I don't believe so. In it could have been. Either spot. It's a bad it spot. Been. Yeah, and it, whatever. Between the fingers. But yeah, that's not a good spot. I was I was thinking like sit him the first round, sit him the first couple yeah, games. I don't need him. Whatever. They really don't. We don't. <laughs> um, but if he wants to play, I'm not going to stop him from playing because it's a hand injury and it's not something that's going to get like insanely worse. If it reopens, it's just going to keep reopening. If it like reopens tonight and they win, he'll probably be out the rest of the series. And I, I'm if, cool with that. If I'm Brad Stevens, he's not playing another game in the series. Yeah, I'm with that. What about? I mean, it's Missoula. Well, Brad Stevens, GM. Yeah, but I feel like Missoula gets the. <laughs> They both have a say. Yeah. It'll be interesting. It'll yeah. be interesting. Yeah. But, I mean, that's kind of wrapping up our playoffs. I mean, most likely these – I mean, not most likely because there's going to be series where the games go five, six, or seven. We're going to be talking about the rest of these first rounds going into the second rounds next week um, as we are just getting started with these NBA playoffs and a wild playoff run for my boys, the Boston Celtics. It'll be exciting. And then next week, coming next weekend, NFL Draft, right around the corner. So we're going to have to save some time next week to talk a little bit about some position players, some um, you know late first-round picks that some teams need to keep an eye on, and maybe some late-round picks, whatever you want, Ben. But the draft's around the corner, so we got to talk about it. Yeah. Will Levis um, projected to go number two. Um, Favorite. Maybe last thing I <laughs> – no, that no. Because I saw something that you know C.J. Stroud won, and then – Next QB may not go to a four. And that's where I see maybe – did I say Stroud? I meant Stroud. Bryce Young at one. And then Stroud maybe goes number four to the Colts. That would be really interesting. I think if the Texans don't draft a QB, they're going to regret it. I think those two guys are going to be so good. But yeah. we can save that. I mean, getting a dominant defensive player isn't the worst thing in the world. Shout out Jalen Hurts, uh, my uh, former fantasy keeper, uh, catching the bag the other day. Highest paid player in NFL history as it currently stands? 51 mil a year. That's that's incredible. I mean, shout out to him. Well-deserved. Some people are going to say he's overpaid. He was getting um, all the love on Twitter, I feel like. Um, some people, th- I feel like, I mean. From other players he was yeah. getting the love. But it would be interesting to see because all that's doing is raising the quarterback market. And, you know, with guys like Lamar Jackson trying to get paid, your guy Joe Burrow. Yeah, they're costing I mean, my Bengals more money. <laughs> it'll be interesting to see how much money these guys end up making because the Ravens also offered Lamar another contract. I said it off the air, but I'll say it again. They offered him a contract of $200 million guaranteed the other day. It'll be interesting to see what, how he responds with that offer after getting Odell Beckham Jr. And, you know, it's almost as if we're a week and a half away from the trade deadline between the New York Jets and the Green Bay Packers as well. That's got to happen soon, right? And Allen Robinson to the Steelers. Allen, we got all this news with the NFL. <laughs> I mean, it's the offseason, but is it really the offseason? Never. Allen Robinson. Is that, was, that, was that it? Yeah, Allen yeah, Robinson. The Rams. He just has to pass his physical. That's right. That's what it was. That's right. <laughs> what was the trade for? Do you remember? Uh-uh. Let's see. I got it right here. Probably like a third or fourth Steelers will pay just $5 million of Allen Robinson's salary, and it's a late-round pick swap. Yeah. So they just copped him for not much, Nothing. paying a piece of his salary. I don't know if he's going to help out that much, but we'll see. So we'll see. I mean, NFL's right around the corner. And then, 
I mean, as the as the NHL playoffs go on, I feel like we're gonna have to talk about that a little bit, right? I mean, yeah, I'm a Boston guy. Boston Bruins coming off the best regular season in NHL history. I was actually watching Sports Center this morning, and the NHL commissioner was uh, on, and they were getting to ask him questions, and I thought it was really cool. And I couldn't agree more when he said they have the most diverse league in professional sports. Yeah, because you know. A lot of different The best team in the NHL in the regular season going into the playoffs hasn't made the Stanley Cup in over 10 years. Yeah. Do you know that? I That's bizarre that, to me. But that, That's bizarre to me. It is bizarre. And then, you know, you got teams like, you know, the Vegas Golden Knights when they were first created and the Seattle Kraken now. I mean, they're not, they're not that great, but they're in the playoffs. And, you know, Vegas Golden Knights, first year won as a it. franchise, yeah. they won it all. So if that doesn't speak to the, you know, just how high of the level of competition this league creates. I mean, it's, I don't know, but so we're going to have to find some time to talk about that as well. But outside of that, it's game time. It's time for me to go watch the Celtics. Thank you guys for tuning in and we'll see you guys next week. <laughs>